Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf Shavua. As we continue with Masechah's Ksuvah's Daf Samachalif. Okay, this is a uh, nice Hanukkah present with this Daf. It's a lot easier than a lot of the uh, Dafim that we've done. And we will get back to uh, big Ksuvah's issues. I wanted to give you a little gift, and that's going to be an Esrog. Why do I say Esrog? You know, there are a number of connections between the holiday of Sukkot, as well as the holiday of Hanukkah. Not just 8 and 8, but uh, the Gemara in Masechah Shabbos learns a number of connections as well. I heard a beautiful Dvar uh, Torah before we get into Dafa Shavua. I actually just spoke to someone, I'm recording this almost the last day of Hanukkah, on the seventh day in the afternoon. And I spoke to someone in Eretz Yisrael, who said they read a chuppah tonight, and the Rav said we have two, uh, in holidays, we have two holidays with eight. We have Shemini Atzeres, of course, which is the eighth day. And then we have the Shemini, the eight days of Hanukkah. And you know there's special ideas associated with the eighth day of Hanukkah. It's Lamalam and Teva. Teva, nature, we have a week that's seven. Eight is going beyond. So the Rav suggested, I'm not sure who the Rav was, that we know this Shemini Atzeres was so tragic. And on Hanukkah we see the light. So that's the tefillah. And I would just add to it, and we should go Lamala Minateva, because it still seems like there's so much trouble for the Jewish people throughout the world. Hopefully Hashem is going to bring Nisim by Yom Mahim and especially Bazman Azeh. The reason I relate to uh, Sukkot is we have on the top of the uh, daf, something that continued from last week, is the healthy diet. The healthy diet discussion started with um, the Mishnah that we saw previously relating to a pregnant woman and the value of a little baby having uh, milk from the mother, how that plays a role in a situation where there's a, a get relatively soon after a marriage while the woman is still nursing and the restriction of the woman nursing when she gets uh, remarried or getting remarried while she's still nursing. And part of the discussion that we saw at the end of uh, last week, continuing with this stuff, is how important it is what a woman eats while she's nursing, either because the foods could restrict the nursing or limit the milk that comes out, which would then be a, uh, I wouldn't say it's sakanas nefashos, but Maybe it's a suffix, Sakana, or it's definitely not good for the health of the baby. Or the other possibility is that it makes bad milk. And we see that today, right? It's important what a woman eats. There's certain flexibilities of uh, nursing women, nursing even on a fast day. Next Friday, Bezer Hashem is going to be a fast day, even though we hope, I guess, the fast day won't take place. When Shiach's going to come and there's not going to be a Sarabateves. Now, the general question that I wanted to uh, discuss today. And I'm going to send you on your own to look in the Rambam, Hilchos Deus. The Rambam has a section that's uh, called Hilchos Deus. Deus, we assume, means character trait. But in there, the Rambam also talks about health, especially in the fourth parak, which foods to eat, which foods not to eat, the order of eating foods, how much to eat, how much that we should be filled up. Now, why is this in Hilchos Deus? So one suggestion that I like to give is, you know, how we eat and what we eat is sometimes a reflection of our 
character. And you see a lot of this in Mishle of Shlomo HaMelech. And sometimes we have to work on our discipline of the character, either to eat more or very often to eat less. Put the uh, Sifganiot aside, which has a special dispensation. No one gets fat, apparently, from Sifganiot, a bakery made up that rule, and a special Segula. Now, the question that really uh, comes up a lot in discussions, it's not a Hashkafic question. This is a factual question. <clears throat> when the Rambam writes in Hilchasteos, especially in the fourth parak, all these different rules, do those rules apply? I mean, it's in the Halacha Sefer. It's the same Halacha Sefer that tells us the Hilchas Shabbos, Hilchas Kasrus. We're not going to change those laws, even if uh, the philosophy that we attribute to them, let's say in the laws of Kasrus, we want to attribute a certain philosophy to why ye kosher, you know, the danger of attributing a philosophy to it is, let's say, the philosophy changes. We know, for example, that <coughs> kosher food is not by definition healthy, as some suggest is the reading for kashras. If you've had shop liver recently, you know that's true. 24-hour kugel, whatever it is. So the bottom line is, we follow the halacha. So what happens in the hilchos The Rambam tells us how many hours we're supposed to sleep. You know, eight hours a night. Now, we know the Kutzke Rebbe only slept three hours a night. Someone once asked the Kutzke Rebbe, why are you going against the Rambam who says eight hours a night? He said, I sleep fast. Now, that's a very cute story. But it's clear that that's not necessarily halacha. We have many great gedolim who didn't uh, sleep eight hours a night, and maybe some people need to sleep more. How about all his suggestions as far as to eat? You're only supposed to eat until you're three-fourths full. Um, he talks about exercise. Now, it's true. Some of these things apply today. But are these halacha? Because it's in the Rambam's halacha. And obviously, there's a question that goes much earlier, especially when the Rambam's taking something from a Gemara. There have actually been a number of books that I've seen. I'm going to just mention two that use the Rambam's advice in Hilchos Deos. It seems, and they say this is the way to eat. Again, I didn't read them. But they're pretty popular, at least in Eretz Yisrael. One book is called To Your Health. The other one is The Life Transforming Diet. I looked on Amazon, and there are like five or six books. The Health Directives of Maimonides. The Maimonides Diet. I guess that's a play off of some of the other diets that are out there. The Mediterranean Diet. The Eat All You Can Eat Diet. So whatever exactly is happening. So the basic hashkafa, and I'll say this is hashkafa and halacha, that I've been trained with, is that when you see science discussed in the Gemara, in Chazal, the science is not a halacha. It's the best that they did and they knew about at their time. Now, it happens to be the Rambam was very sophisticated. The Rambam had certain insights into science that we have today. And maybe he was somewhat, if we could say, progressive. There's a hospital, you know, in, your, in Eretz Yisrael, not in Yerushalayim, called the Rambam Hospital. They have a journal that comes out a number of times a year. And they've had fascinating articles over the years. I've gone through some of them in the past, discussing the Rambam's diet and the Rambam's uh, suggestions and how relevant they would be today. But that doesn't mean that you could just op- uh, open up a Hilchus Deus. You know, the Rambam talks about bloodletting. We're not into bloodletting today. That was, don't try it. That was common medicine. 
So it's not enough to open up the Rambam Tzilchus Deus and to get your medical advice. It could be somewhat misleading. <coughs> Some of these svarim, I call them books, that are promoting the Rambam's diet for healthy uh, eating. Now, a lot of it is not dangerous, so there's nothing to lose. But especially issues like uh, bloodletting and maybe some of the other suggestions, it could make a difference. He even talks about the order which food should be eaten in. First, you take from a small animal before a big animal, certain fruits before a meal, others after a meal, as far as not drinking during a meal, at least until the end. Now, we do have halachos about this that's not medical. We have halachos with inhilchos brachos. So that's important to keep in mind. I mean, when we just say everything comes into Masechus Ksuvis, literally we see everything. Now, the Gemara is going to actually go back to the nursing discussion after all of this. I saw in one of the books, uh, I saw it in a uh, store in Yerushalayim a couple years ago, and in the back of the book, they had some statistics about how long Yemenites uh, live. I've heard this before. Again, I'm not a statistician. And I don't know necessarily people's uh, lifespan. But we know that the Yemenite Jews were very mocked to follow the halacha of the Rambam. The, the Rambam was never in Yemen. But the Rambam encouraged a very famous letter that he wrote to the Jews of Yemen, Igeris Hateman, where they were going through some of the things that we're going through now, probably a lot worse than we're going through now. And he was encouraging them. And he was telling them to hold on hold on for Mashiach, hold on for salvation, and he was very beloved in Yemen. So some attribute the, the long length of life to Yemenite Jews who follow his way of life, his uh, health advice. Again, I'm not necessarily uh, sure if they do that. I have a, an old friend, you could Google him, Rabbi Dr. Uh, Eddie Reichman, he spoke here many years ago, and he wrote a, a masterful book, a number of years ago, on this topic, the anatomy of Jewish law, fresh dissection of the relationship between medicine, medical history, and rabbinic literature. I don't know if that's on your uh, book list, but it goes through a lot of these issues. So I wanted to just throw this out to you because it comes up here in this parak on this daf. Now, on the top of the daf, and this is what we're going to have a good time with, I have so much more to do on this daf, but we probably won't get to it, is the esrogam issue. The, Ram, the Gemara here talks about the, it's a good idea to eat an esrog. Now, there is a segula out there. A segula means a promise. That's how many understand it, that if you follow this advice, good things are going to happen. Now, that's not Judaism, because Judaism doesn't give such guarantees. Even with mitzvahs, it's true we're going to get the reward in olam haba. There's no guarantee that because we do mitzvahs in this world, we're guaranteed a long life. And it's even a question, Rabbi Salavechik said, when you say the Misha Beirach after an aliyah, and we talk about the, the mitzvah, the aliyah should go as a schus for you, that's true. But as some type of yihiratzon that it's going to happen, there's no guarantee. The Rav said you should actually give tzedakah and make a pledge, because the Gemara tells us in Masechus Tanis, I think we covered this in Daf Shavua, famous Tosfos over there, Daf Ches or Daf Tes, I think it's Daf Tes, that the only time you're allowed to make a deal with the Rebona Shalom is with money. If you give tzedakah reasonably, not if you give everything away, I think I mentioned this in a share a couple weeks ago, but if you give tzedakah, you're guaranteed to get it back. No one's ever gone poor by giving tzedakah, not recklessly, 
but more than just reasonably, 10%, 20%, what we're supposed to do. So when it comes to pregnant women, and that connects a little bit to what we're discussing here with the nursing woman, and whether it's for the health of the baby or for the health of the mother, you see in Hasidic literature a segula for pregnant women to bite off the pitum of the esrog. And they do this on Hoshana Rabbah, and they're also supposed to give tzedakah and daven for an easy labor. The way I look at this, it's really a shlach. The shlach says when we have these segulos, the segula piece is the entrance way. But it's the tefillah and the hard work that's really necessary. So it's not a guarantee over here. It's not a trick. It's supposed to motivate us. But the biggest idea, the main idea is the tefillah. It's the same when we have all these simanim on Rosh Hashanah. The Meiri tells us we don't believe in a guarantee. We don't believe that you can make a deal with Hashem. It's actually a losa say in the Torah, which we're not going to get into right now. But the Miri says it's the tefillah. So if you want to look this up a little bit more, in the Lakute Marich, which is a sefer I mentioned often to Minchamarv, important sefer. It's a Hasidic sefer, but it's, it brings down uh, Minhagim, but halachas that are very relevant, not just for Hasidim. And there are a number of other places as well that you could see this idea discussed, whether it means actually biting into the esrog or eating the esrog jam, which is attributed to uh, the Rav Yitzchak Palgai, at least to some of his students, another uh, huge posik. I found in the Tami Minhagim, the Tami Minhagim is a uh, safer of Minhagim. It used to be extremely popular safer of Minhagim. It was uh, written in uh, probably around 1920, early 20th century, by a Rav, you could find it on Hebrew books, Avram Yitzchak Sperling, or Sperling, who lived in... Uh, Lviv, Lvov, which is a Western Ukraine today, and he says a little bit different. It's a little more of a rational explanation. He says the idea of eating an esrog is because what's an esrog? He says an esrog was the adam rishon. It was the sin that Adam uh, sinned with. It was an esrog. A lot of people think it was an apple. That's a Christian idea. Is a machlokus in the Gemara? Was it wheat? Was it an esrog? The different possibilities. But he's going with this view that yeah, it was an esrog, and we want to show by biting into the pitum, that just like we didn't have, we don't enjoy biting into a pitum, the esrog as described by the Ram and the Gemara is good, <coughs> but biting into the esrog is not good. I didn't have Hanah from this mitzvah, which means the reason I brought the Esrog for the mitzvah was not because of the enjoyment, which was the sin of Adam, because he couldn't resist, in our understanding, his taiva, <coughs> his desire, but we're doing it because it was a mitzvah. Right? That was, if you go deeper into understanding, what was the chet of Adam Arishon? He rejected the idea of a tzivoy. Hashem gave him one command, and it was the one command that he was tempted not to follow. And we want to show that at the end, on uh, Hoshana Rabbah, when we're already done with using the esrog, we want to show that we fulfilled the mitzvah of esrog, not because of the beauty of the esrog or because of the taste of the esrog. So this is not even eating the esrog, it's biting into it, but it's just because it's a sevoid. That's why, for example, the Vilnagon says there's a minhag right after uh, Pesach to eat chametz. Maybe to make havdalah on beer, which is problematic. How do you get the beer if you sold all your chametz? But putting that aside, 
is to show us that the reason why we, we didn't eat chametz on Pesach was not because we don't like chametz. The chametz is terrible. Chametz is great. It's just that during those days, there's a tzivoy of Hashem that we're not allowed to. Now, to just go a little bit further with the Esrog, before I say uh, have a great Hanukkah, to anyone who's listening to this on Hanukkah, more likely afterwards, there's a minhag that is brought down, I discussed this, I think, uh, maybe it was even this year, on Rosh Hashanah, to eat an Esrog. Everybody knows all these other Simani de Milsa, but there's a special minhag that's brought down in many different uh, perushim. In fact, you could find this in the tour. Yesh no hagim lechel esrog belel Rosh Hashanah. Tor simen tough kuf peyimo. And it's brought down by the Achronim, different Achronim. The Rosh Yosef explains, it's one of the perushim on the Shulchan Aruch, Kedei lovakish biyom hadin, shenizke lekayim mitzvah esrog halacha. So he says that, you know what, it's, in those days it wasn't so easy to get an Esrog. We're already davening on Rosh Hashanah, we're thinking ahead. I explain this as a sign of confidence. We're going to make it through Rosh Hashanah, and we want to just make sure that we're going to be able to fulfill not the Chag of fear, which Rosh Hashanah is, even if it's still a Chag, but the enjoyment that's associated with Vidal Minim. So it's a sign of excitement. The Abu Jraham brings down that the reason for the Lulav and the Etrog is we're mimicking what armies would do. Let's say the Hashemunayim. If you look at the Hashemunayim coins, it's another connection to uh, Sukkis. The Hashemunayim coins, they, you could look at them in Eretz Yisrael, in the museums, and some of these are available even on eBay. You'll see on the back of it a soldier holding up the Dalad Minim. The Lulav and the Etrog, it's like lifting up the sword lifting up the gun. It's a sign of victory. So right at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, this was the suggestion that I gave, is we're showing the confidence that we're going to be victorious. It's a very different approach than a segula. It's an approach that's really for all of Klai Yisrael, and of course it's very relevant. That's why I couldn't ignore thinking about it uh, this time of year. The, another reason that's also brought down in uh, some of the Svarim of Minhagim is similar to what we see with the woman in the Esrog, is Kedela Sakin is Chato'o, Shal Adam Arisha. That on Rosh Hashanah we're thinking about sin. We're not scared of sin because we are going to be able to defeat sin, unlike uh, Adam Arisha. Now, Adam Arisha, let's not throw him under the bus, he did tshuva. He did tshuva. He also becomes a model of tshuva, but he was also involved <coughs> in Chet. Now, there's a lot more, many different possibilities on this issue. The uh, Stei says, because it's Hidr Mitzvah. And the way I suggested, what's the connection with Hidr Mitzvah? And you find this uh, discussed in the Yalkut Yosef, which is uh, the, student, the ch- student and son of Rebavadi Yosef, who says that when you see Hidr, Hidr, based on the Gemara Masech Hashab, his son, Daflam and Aleph Amit Beis, Actually, in Sukkah, Lamid Beis Amid Aleph, you have to combine it with the Gemara in Masech Shabbos, Kuf Lamid Gimel Amid Beis. An Esrog is referred to Ahu Hador Bilano Mishan Lashana. The Esrog stays; it lives on a tree from year to year. That's part of the meaning of uh, Hidur. And what happens in the Gemara Shabbos when we talk about Hidur Mitzvah, it's not just talking about aesthetically the beauty, <coughs> but what. The Gemara says, according to one opinion, the Gemara of Abishol, Zekeli Vianvehu, that when it says Hidur, 
Hidur means to emulate the way of Hashem. Hevidomelo, mahu chan v'rachem afata, hayachan v'rachem. And you're going back to Rambam Tilchas Deos just to put a full uh, sheer, the sheer into full uh, circle <coughs> with a little ribbon on top. There's Rambam Tilchas Deos, Perik Aleph, Halachavav, who brings this down, which reinforces my point that when you see the eating issues being discussed in this Gemara, in the Rambam, it's not just about the actual food. Is this healthy? Is this not healthy? It's clearly going to be a fulfillment of an Ishmartim Odes Nafshasechem. We have to be healthy and therefore you have to look at modern science. That's number one. <clears throat> number two, you have to make sure that what's in the Gemara aligns with the science, but there's also the deeper issue of the discipline. And don't think that scientists always know it. Sometimes we find in Gemara's things that the scientists aren't yet aware of. But again, this has to be done with, uh, in a level head. Everyone should have a great yontif. There's so much more to discuss. The last day of... Uh, Hanukkah, Zos Hanukkah is a Chag in its own right, just like Shemini Atzeres, and everyone should be strong.